everybody. Welcome to another episode of Skeptical Skeptics. I'm your host, RJ Metzger. And I'm Rachel Metzger. And this is going to be episode four, the first of our regular release after launch. I and mean, first, we just want to take a minute and say thank you for everyone that has supported and followed and liked and subscribed and everything. The outpouring of support that we got on launch day was really, honestly, something we didn't expect. And we really, really like super appreciate Yeah, what he said, we're just so humbled by the fact that you guys have come out in such high numbers to support us and listen to us, and there's even some of you who have commented on us and told us really good things, and that's just amazing. That's more than we could have asked for, and we're even on an international level, which is insane because literally my voice has been in places that I have never been, and that blows my mind, so thank you so much. And we just wanted to kind of say that like we're just two normal people out here trying to do a podcast. So stick with us if there's anything that you guys are having a hard time with. And let us know. Let us know your comments, good or bad. We want to know what you guys think and how you feel about what we're saying and how we're saying it and everything. So yeah, thanks so much, everybody. We have about eight weeks uh, to climb the iTunes new and noteworthy charts. And you guys are definitely helping us do that. So so with each episode release, please just keep sharing it. Keep listening. Uh, keep downloading. If you decided you hate us, but you're like my cousin or my mom, probably, um, just go ahead and download anyway, uh, even if you don't listen to it. Or, be a ride or die. Yeah, just be a ride or die, homie. If you don't know us, uh, then don't listen to us pandering to our family and friends to help us out. This is a professional podcast, and we are... Uh, you we're know, professionals. professional people that do this for a living. Also, let's... Um, we're not at all. We're complete amateurs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In but, almost everything we do in life. But we're doing our best. And honestly, I think we're doing a pretty decent job. Hopefully. I feel like that's kind of our motto. We're amateurs in everything we do, but we're doing our best. Exactly. Uh, um, also, let's address the uh, snotty elephant in the room. Just so you guys know, I am a little sick. The snotty elephant is RJ. <clears throat> that is me um, sitting you know, right here. So um, if you hear... Uh, clearing of throat and sniffling. I will try to edit out as much of it as possible, but just so you know. It's constant. Also, I'm... You would have uh, to edit out the whole the entire whole podcast. podcast. I am also uh, cracking prepubescently in my voice. It's amazing. So, yeah. So, get ready for a few... Enjoy. <laughs> ...of those. Um, anyway, yeah. So, let's do a preview My story is about an object that entered our solar system last year um, and was one of it was the first uh, object ever to be determined not to be from our solar system that we've tracked. And my story is about a modern day mummy. So if you like space, stick around for my story. If you are a true crime fan slash like weird stuff that isn't space related. Uh, feel free to go ahead and skip. Oh my gosh, the creepy description. Vessel. The squeaks, man. The squeaks are so bad. I think they're precious. If you like weird murder, feel free to go ahead and skip my story. If you're not into space, um, if you like space and not murder because you are squeamish, then stick around for mine. Mm, mine isn't that bad. Okay, it's not that bad. So never mind. Just listen to the whole episode. Be a writer yes, guy. Listen to the whole thing. So for my story, I'm going to talk about a. I don't know what to call this thing. <laughs> A something. So for my story, I'm going to talk about a probe from space. Now, you might be thinking one that goes right up an anus hole. And I understand... Is that what all probes do? No. No. That's the point. That's literally what I'm getting at. Thank you. So, no. You're welcome. This one has never been up a human's anus hole. How do you know? 
because it is a quarter mile long. So, <laughs> like, literally, anyway. That doesn't mean no part of it has ever been there. This probe is called... I looked up the dang pronunciation. I still can't say it. I practiced it. I You're going to say it so stupid. I'm so ready. Umuamua. No, that's perfect. That's <laughs> that's literally what it is. That's not real. Umuamua or umuamua. It's one of the other two. But yes, that I is it. I love it. It's just, it's not one of the things. It doesn't roll off the tongue. Umuamua. Umuamua. Ugh. Between, it sounds like something Sterling would say. What was the other one? Maremptipa. So that just trouble. sounds like seriously when Sterling's running around playing with his toys, I know, like amuamuamua. That yeah. would be I can't even say it exactly. Amuamua means messenger or scout in Hawaiian, and it is the first thing, anything, comet, asteroid, planet, anything at all that we've tracked that is from a solar system that is not our own, uh, which is wow. really cool. Yeah, so. I did not know that that was a thing that hadn't happened before at all until I read about this. I didn't know it either, but I also didn't like specifically know think against for sure it. that's happened before. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So pretty cool fact there. So two astronomers with the Harvard Smithsonian Center for Astrophysics, which like if something doesn't strike credibility in your hearts, like hearing that someone is from the Harvard Smithsonian Center for whatever. Uh, Sounds like a tool. But an intelligent one. No, no, no. He's cool. Anyway, so... (laughs) Have you met him? Yeah, I have. He's really cool. Okay. You guys Um, are buddies. Sorry. Yeah, best buddies. He's listening to this. Like, you need to calm (laughs) down. He's not listening to this. He's definitely listening. There is no way. He told me on Facebook he was. Um, Anyway, so the... uh, He, in his paper, claims, quote, it may be a fully operational probe sent intentionally to Earth's vicinity by an alien civilization. (gasps) That's amazing. Clickbait. Is what it is. So that's like the most, the best cl- clickbait ever, though, because it's real. Well, it is. So he, yes, he's Harvard. This is a academic paper. He's Harvard. He's Harvard, uh, Mr. Harvard. He's he, the entire university. Yes, uh, submitted this paper for uh, peer review, which is like, you know, a big deal. Um, now there are some what's it called caveats of that, and we'll get into it, but. I mean, that's a very bold claim to put down on paper and put your profession... Yeah, he has some serious confidence. He does. So the thing about this object is that it has a lot of unusual features and its precise origins are unknown. So the reason for that is because they only had a three-night window to really see it because of the way that it was tracking past Earth and towards the sun and then again leaving our solar system. Oh, it's gone now? Yeah, it's gone. Oh, okay. So that's the hard part about it is that they could only observe it for a very closed, like, fixed window. And then due to weather and other stuff that happens on Earth, because it's lame, they didn't have... Earth is lame. Earth is lame. Heard it here first. Uh, They didn't have all the best telescopes, you know, in the world looking at this thing or able to look at it. They even, they did point the Hubble at it um, and they did get, you know, as much information and detail on it that they could. So the object is generally cigar shaped. It's 10 times as long as it is wide and it's been clocked at traveling of speeds up to 196,000 miles per hour. Uh, okay, I have no idea how fast something is in space. Like, how fast is that compared to, like, a rocket that we would shoot out? Or You know what I mean? Like, I don't have a... Yeah, point of reference? No, not So, at luckily, all. I have that for you. What up? So, we launch spaceships uh, at about 36,000 miles an hour. And oh this my is... Gosh. Yeah, so this is about six times that. Speed, That's crazy. Which actually, its speed comes into question, you know, here later. So we'll talk about it. So the cool thing, not only is it 10 times as long as it is wide, that length is a quarter mile. So we're talking about a significant object here, right? 
it is, um, again, just to mention it again, because it is, I mean, this is mind-blowing to me. It's the first uh, object ever seen in our solar system that's known to have originated elsewhere. That, 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 to me, blows my mind. Other experts, whenever this object entered our solar system, determined that it came from a binary star system or a system with, you know, two stars. So right. some of you guys might know that... Luke Skywalker, Tatooine, what up? is from a binary star system. Bring in Star Wars. I think we so should, I think we should try quick. to bring Star Wars into every podcast. Yes, that wouldn't get I'm old for most people at all. Um, who would that get old for? Star Wars is the best. A lot of people hate Star Wars. I'm not one of them, but anyway. So the real speculation about this object derives from the fact that it had an unexpected boost in speed and um, a shift in trajectory when it passed through our inner solar system. So... That, you know, obviously most dead objects as they come anywhere near a gravitational force will follow what math says they're going to do. Right. There are some caveats to this and we will talk about it. So uh, one of them being comets, right? Which the difference between a comet and an asteroid, just for those of you who haven't been to third grade lately, is... That would be me. <laughs> yeah, same. I had to... It's hard for me to remember this. An asteroid is mostly uh, chunks of rock and metal and a comet is mostly ice. So... The thing is, you see these unexpected boosts in speed from comets as they pass the sun because the water vapor will melt off of the rock and stuff, which okay. then, again, in space uh, with microfiction and stuff like that out there, uh, any expelling of force can cause a change in speed, a change in anything, really. So as this ice melts, a jet of water will shoot out <clears throat> into space, which propels the rock forward. Now, the interesting part behind Aumuamua is that, I'm still struggling with that, is that normally dust is visible with the water vapor as the outgassing occurs and as it uh, flies off of the rock, propelling it in another direction. But Aumuamua didn't have any of that, which is really interesting. Huh, that is weird. So the the paper that we're talking about, again, is from those two guys from Harvard, right? So something worth mentioning is that these two scientists from Harvard are both experts in solar sails. So what a solar sail is, is it is a proposed way, and we actually have been making these on Earth now, uh, to do interstellar travel, right? And so interstellar travel, for for those of you who just aren't space nerds, is... Me. Uh, yeah. Is any type of travel between stars, right? Which is literally what this is the first documented occurrence of. We know this came from a different solar system, right? So interstellar okay. travel is the big thing that we want to do in our search to expand our radius for looking for extraterrestrial life. And so one of the proposed things for interstellar travel is to make what's called a solar sail, right? If you're doing interstellar travel, uh, it's expected that you'll be looking to go to a star, right? Right. So what are stars putting off? They're putting off photons. They're putting off a lot of energy. And what a solar sail is, is an incredibly thin material. Like we're talking about a millimeter, like less than a millimeter thick that can be influenced by photons coming off of the sun and it can catch it. So it's literally a light sail. It, wow, that's really cool. So it literally gets... Sorry, I just knew you were yawning. I thought you might be throwing up. I don't know. What I <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we got to quit laughing. I got to get this. <laughs> <laughs> like into my robe. So I'm quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's going on the blooper reel for sure. <laughs> anyway, um, 
So it literally gets pushed along by light and photons coming off of a sun. So the night, the, the, the part of this that makes it so uh, viable is that if you're doing interstellar travel, you can shoot a thing off, right? And then as it goes around a sun, it can capture more energy, gaining speed. And then Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, and then as it goes around another sun, it gains more speed. And it does this and right. it perpetuates, right? Now, mm-hmm. there's incredibly sophisticated math that... Um, and actually, someone brings that up, like they're not sure an alien could do it. So anyway, the bold claim... They're not sure. Hold on. They're not <laughs> sure an alien can do it. Like, do we have any idea what, what an alien, alien can, can or cannot so do? So that's the funny part about this whole thing. So, I love the pretentiousness <clears throat> of this idea. Like, no. oh, aliens couldn't do that kind of math. Like, what the hell do you know about what aliens could do about anything? Yeah. So if you if you Google this thing, it's like everybody's clickbaiting. Harvard says this thing could be aliens, right? No, and like they said it like literally in like one sentence. And it's just to kind of capture the thought that this thing is some sort of light sail. So that's really... Right, of course. So that's really what he's trying to share is the idea that it is a light sail. He's saying it could be a naturally formed one, which is something, of course, we haven't seen, but where maybe the rock is so thin in places that it's capturing those photons, and that's where the speed boost came from. So, right. But the important part to keep in mind here is that this guy is just postulating, as everyone else has done, how this... Um, foreign object gained speed and shifted its trajectory when it shouldn't have any outside forces on it, right? So that's literally what this is all coming down to. And for him, being an expert in light sails, he's just saying, well, if it's a light sail of any kind, this is how it could work, right? Right. And so then in so saying, he says, it could be naturally formed. It could be artificial. It could be a space probe. It could be this. It could be that. So Right. We just don't know what it is. Right. It's like taking a grainy photograph with a crappy camera and just saying, uh, it could be a potato. It could be a rock. It could be a car. It could be a plane. Right? Same exact shots in the dark. So I think first and, first and foremost, like the thing I want to say is as much as I would love to believe this thing was sent by aliens. Which I, it was. Right. I do agree with this quote, which is, uh, by Alan Jackson, which is like hold really on, funny, hold on. but it's hold not. On. It's not that Alan Jackson. <laughs> hold on, hold on. I'm just imagining Alan Jackson, the same man who wrote Hoochie Coochie. Yes. <laughs> no, is that what it's called? Way on down at the Chattahoochee. Chattahoochee, not the Hoochie Coochie. No, he says it gets hotter yeah, than a Hoochie hotter than a Hoochie Coochie. There we go. Which who wrote? Is, is he talking about a sweaty vagina? To me. Is that that's, no? That's all it could be. That's literally like the only. Right? I we were not brought up in like the deep south. Maybe hoochie coochie means something else. All right, if you know what a hoochie coochie is and it's not a sweaty vagina, or if it is a sweaty vagina, like confirm or deny. If Alan Jackson is singing about it but, getting hotter than a sweaty vagina. Anyway, but anyways, Mister Freaking Alan Jackson Chattahoochee is talking about right. This is this is a different. That's amazing. This is a fellow at the Center for Planetary Sciences at but the University of Toronto. Scarborough. What if he's both? They, they're not specifically saying he's not. So so that means he is to yeah, me. So Alan Jackson, the country star and fellow at the Center for Planetary Sciences at the University <laughs> of Toronto, Scarborough, wrote in an email, Carl Sagan once said, extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence, and this paper is distinctly lacking in evidence, never mind extraordinary evidence. Sad. Poor Harvard guy. <laughs> right. He's just like, well, it's a light cell. And he goes, well, no, it fucking isn't. Rude. <laughs> anyway, um... Shot him down real quick. Well, here's the fun parts about the claim, though. So, uh, there's already about a hundred fun parts, right? So there's a couple. There's a couple claims in there, and it says, uh, "quote This would account for the various anomalies of Oumuamua, such as the unusual geometry inferred from its light curve, its low thermal emission, suggesting high re- reflectivity, 
and its deviation from Keplerian orbit without any sign of cometary's tail or spin-up torques, which is what we were talking about. Right. In regards to the cometary tail being the um, water vapor and the dust, not vis- it wasn't seen by anybody. Nobody recorded it. And the spin-up torques being if it expelled any kind of energy, then you would think it would change its tumble, and nobody nobody saw that. Right. But everybody can agree that it both sped up and shifted. Um So the change in course and speed was so pronounced that they concluded the object might be a light sail of artificial origin. Um, This is all quotes from the paper, just to give you kind of a reason for why this has blown up in the news lately. The theory is based on the object's excess acceleration. And the research paper also said, quote, considering an artificial origin, it is one possibility that Aumuamua is a light sail floating in interstellar space as a debris from an advanced technological equipment, which is, again... Very bold claim, yeah. Um, Alternatively, and this is still continuing the quote, a more exotic scenario is that Aumuamua may have been a fully operational probe sent intentionally to Earth's vicinity by an alien civilization. Now, theoretical physicist Ali Avi Lieb... Man. Lieb? 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 I think I just said Lieb twice on accident, copy-pasted. Anyway, he told (laughs) Universe Today, quote... Aumuamua could be an active piece of alien technology that came to explore our solar system the way, the same way we hope to explore Alpha Centauri using Starshot and similar technology. So Starshot is a reference to one of our light sails, uh, human beings, obviously. Well, maybe dogs, I don't know. Um, Giraffes. He went on to say, quote, Light sails with similar dimensions have been designed and constructed by our own civilization, including the Icaros Project and Starshot Initiative. The light sail technology might be abundantly used for transportation of cargoes between planets or between stars. I love that insinuation. That is so cool. And we're going to talk about the insinuations here. So another thing to mention is that even though this has blown up for Harvard scientists say the alien probe is in the solar system. In fact, they only mentioned the word alien once, uh, which is when they mentioned in passing that Aumuamua might have been targeted to intercept the solar system. But isn't that enough? Oh, yeah, once is any, more than enough. Any letter, if I ever wrote it and I just talked about whatever the hell I wanted, but I put the word alien in it, I feel like that would be the highlight of the paper. Yep. So here is the part that's kind of kind of ridiculous. Aumuamua would have to be extremely light and super thin, about a millimeter thick. But, like, he's not claiming the whole thing is a sail. Right. He's claiming it like has a sail. Like there's a sail on it. Or multiple small sails, because that's right. the other part of it, too. It's a long cigar-shaped object that's about a quarter mile long. So you can put, like, thousands of little light sails on here. Um, one thing that I personally just go skeptical on immediately is that, like, every artist's rendition is, this is just a giant rock. Like, it doesn't look like a spaceship at all. Yeah, it looks like a rock. I think another part is, um, we did send, like, or we, we pointed, um, receivers towards it to try and decipher if it was, like, had a radio signal or would answer a radio signal, which I think is super cool to think about, like, modern scientists going, can we talk to it? Well, and can you imagine, like, sending it out there and then just standing there waiting? Waiting, yeah. Like, is it more crazy if they don't answer or if they do? Right, that's that's a cool thought. Um, so anyway, here's, here's all the skepticism behind whether or not it was sent by aliens. Um, so... Alan Fitzsimmons, Alan Jackson's best friend uh, of Queen's University in Belfast, Ireland? I, yeah, Ireland? I'm going to say nothing. I don't like <clears throat> sounding stupid. So. Anyway, 
he says, like most scientists, I would love there to be convincing evidence of alien life, but this isn't it. Uh, Alan Jackson Damn. also said that spectral data from Amumua looks like an asteroid or comic, while that of a solar sail would look very different. He says that the new paper proposes the sail has been coated in interstellar dust, which obscures its true spectral signature. So that is something that they said. They said if it was a solar sail, the reason why it might not appear to be a solar sail is because it fell off of something that was working. So, okay. So now it's not working. And as it came closer to us, it got coated in inter- interstellar dust. Because uh, another one of the challenges is... Um, that it has characteristics that are consistent with comic-like bodies ejected from another star system. Right. It also has, uh, and and they also say any functional spacecraft would almost certainly retract its solar sails once in interstellar space to prevent damage, which goes against that it was coded right. Um, the sail is useless once far away from the star, so there would be no reason to leave them deployed. Um, and if it was deployed again on entering the solar system, it would be pristine and clean. Alan Jackson um, is a bummer. Yeah, he's a he's a real Debbie Downer. And he said that even if it was uh, deployed because of malfunction or it's broken or whatever, the dust accumulation would be primarily on one side, like bugs on a windshield. Yeah, that makes sense. It does. I mean, it all makes sense. But you know, and again, I we'll just talk don't about want it. it to. No, we'll make we'll we'll talk about the cool parts of it here in a second. But uh, some of the arguments in the study are based on numbers with the largest uncertainties that we did uh, record on it. Um, and another well-known astrophysicist said, the thing you have to understand is scientists are perfectly happy to publish an outlandish idea if it has the tiniest sliver of a chance of not being wrong, um, which is very true in the medical world. They just post, like, I mean. As a scientist, I think I would insane. do it. Yeah, I so mean. I can't blame them. Because then you'd be the person that can claim right, you said it. Right, because then if it yeah. happens, You're the dude. that guy can be like, hey, right. I knew it. Yeah. And he'll be like, suck it, Alan Jackson. Alan Jackson, be damned. Go back down to your Chattahoochee. <laughs> exactly. It's hotter than I- Freaking hoochie coochie. Hoochie coochie. God, gross. Um, so until every other possibility, like natural possibility, has been exhausted, alien shouldn't be it, blah, 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 Debbie Downer. Uh, Aumuamua travels in a complex tumbling spin, so that's another part. It's not like it's super stable and was just like flying super controlled around our solar system. It was tumbling. It just didn't tumble more or less after it got acceleration. Okay, I know tumbling is like a thing that happens in space. I fully understand this. But every time you say tumbling, in my brain, this cigar... Cigar? Cigar Cigar-shaped thing. Do you remember that festival that goes on? I forgot where it is, where they like chase the cheese wheel down the mountain or down a hill, and they all start like just out of control tumbling (laughs) down the mountain. (laughs) That's what I'm imagining. Like, and this poor thing has like a soul somehow, and it's just like, oh no, even though that's what's supposed to happen. Like, to me, the word tumbling does not mean good. Like, somebody's tracking that person going, that man is tumbling faster than gravity (laughs) says he should. Okay, for anybody who doesn't know what we're talking about, we'll post like a video or a gif or something you have to know it's all over the internet there's, this, there's a festival i don't know it, it's in a different country i'm yeah, pretty sure i think it's ireland but I, i'm not gonna say that wrong. again i don't say things like that yeah, just because fair enough. um but yeah it's where there's a festival where they chase again and if we're wrong you tell us if you have done this before or if it happens around you or whatever but we there where you listener in ireland hey where you chase a giant wheel of cheese down a hill and it pretty much always ends up in people just like out of control rolling down hills exactly in a very violent way that's very entertaining for the rest of us and that's what i imagine the probe is doing okay so 
off script now, right? Like no more, no more notes. I think one thing that's, I mean, I'm skeptical. Like I, I don't think it has anything to do with alien life. I don't think it, you know, at all. But um, so I do agree with the, you know, official story. Debbie here. Downer. But now let's talk about the implications, though. So a couple things here. One, if if they had light sail technology, it's because they they are sending out probes, right? Which is a really cool idea in the sense that. I mean, even just 30 years ago, we wouldn't have had a way to say other than a quote-unquote warp drive or a hyperdrive or faster-than-light travel how something could get somewhere. Um, and the thought that they could do that would be, I mean, just incredible. I think another thing is think about, I mean, what if it was confirmed to be from aliens, right? No alien life, but just think about that. You know, another cool thought to me is like, and we've had these conversations before pretty recently, actually. But another idea to me is like, so if it was aliens, okay, which we're pretty sure it's not, but if it was, and they had light sails, that means that even if it's different in their own way, they found a way to travel through galaxies the same way we did. Yeah, like they did Isn't that so cool to think about? That right. They I have think... the same kind of technology we do. Even if it's in a totally different way, still, they found their way to do it in the exact same way we are finding our way to do it. It's just so like weird to think about. And I've thought about this so many times as far as true alien civilizations, right? Like this, the thought that they have their own version of Facebook. They have their own version of cars. They have their own version. Or of- what if they don't? Like what if they're behind us? Right. Or what if they're like way ahead of us or on a completely different level or, or that's just not even close. Slightly ahead. like that or, would be- or just slightly different. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the one I think about. It's just slightly askew. So um, we always like to think of aliens like as... Whatever the hell we want to think of them. Well, and I always think about like, I always think about the environment that they're in because that's a huge, obviously a giant factor on the animals, on the plant life, on the food, on the like fruits and vegetables, on the human. I mean, not whatever they would consider humans, the people there. So, so like, it would be so interesting to, to figure, to find out what their version of a dog is or right. their version of a tomato is, or right. and if they course, even have anything like it, or whatever. That's what like a lot of fiction is predicated on, but there's a reason for it. It's because it's interesting. I just read this thing that there are these planets we've observed called super-Earths, which they have like a mass of uh, 2.4 times the size of Earth or whatever, which would multiply the cost of space travel by 2.4 times, right? Right. And so the thought that um, you know there could be these civiliz- civilizations that are very advanced, and other than sending out some radio signals, have no space travel, right? Um, or very limited. Yeah. Stuff like that. So let's go back to the to the original subject matter, right? What if, I mean, if this thing was a probe, right? From oh, Well, first, actually, let's address something. Um, this guy took, like, essentially a grainy photograph. And he goes, it's a Ferrari. And they're like, we're not even sure it's a car. And people he, that are like, but what if it's a Ferrari? And, yeah, and he's like, no, but it it probably is a Ferrari. And they're like, but it doesn't even like look or sound or seem like a Ferrari. And he's like, it's a Ferrari. So yeah, the uh, but the implications behind it are just, I mean, astounding. Even if it is not at all real, I, I just I love the idea that he sees it as such a not only a certainty, but I mean, really, let's go to the let's go to the core of the issue, right? Like. If it's not outgassing, which let me put out there that they just said, yeah, we could have just like missed it, right? Right. And what if this comet was just clean and so we didn't catch the dust and then we'd have to be looking for the gas, which we can miss, right? And it probably is just outgassing. But I'm just saying if it wasn't, 
and it's not gravity. There had to be something. And so the thought of it's a light sail, I get it. But the thought of it, if it's anything, like just the idea that something, you know, floated around our sun and we don't know how it was propelled. Like that's, it's very cool. It's very cool thought. I love that we live in a time that like they can see that, you know? Yeah, definitely. It's super interesting. Like no matter what it could be, the idea that there even could be alien things coming into our solar system is pretty freaking cool. Well, and, and I love about this that it's in such a way that makes sense. Like it's not the astronomical like, oh, yeah, we see spaceships in the sky that we can't track. Right, like, yeah. And, and trust me, like, we'll do plenty of UFO episodes. I'm, I'm actually not very skeptical about UFOs in, in certain regards. There are very credible instances. I'm just saying, like, this is one where, like... It's it, much more factual, and they have much more proof. Well, not only that, but it, it would it would come off as, like, a... I mean, it's what we're doing, right? Like, we, we, we are looking into sun sail technology to make it to our neighboring solar system. So it looks just like what someone would do to come here. Yeah, that's true. And you so yeah, that's the cool part. Anyway, that's all I have on that one. Pretty freaking cool. All right, we're ready for my story. So in October of 2000, <laughs> there was a man in Pakistan reported from his, by his neighbors to the police for trying to sell a mummy on the black market. Which, which like, is very sketchy. Also, I would report that immediately. Insane. But can you imagine his neighbors like, so they obviously must have like heard something. How else would you know? He's not, he's not going to go out advertise. He has enough flyers, right? This is the, this is the black market. Like he's not like, come one, come all bid on my mummy. No. So they must have just like heard him talking. Well, uh, okay. Hold on. Two things about this. One, how would you get in touch with the black market? <laughs> because <laughs> I flyers, have absolutely no idea. Flyers sounds okay. I Craig's feel like the black next. market would automatically just like not allow you in if you put out flyers because then you're like advertising to everyone, including cops and other local authorities, that the black market is a thing and where to find it. Yeah, but then they look at the flyer and be like, but you got a mummy though? Also, like in my brain, again, this is a lot of. You're going to hear a lot of these things where, because my imagination kind of runs wild on me and I can't focus very well. But to me, this man is like the little dude from Aladdin at the beginning where he like goes into his, the market at nighttime and he like is trying to sell genie lamps, but like that's not allowed. Right. That's him. That's this guy. Like he's this little like guy, like, I don't know. And it makes it hilarious and to me. Yeah, or like the dude from Hercules when he's like rounding the corner and he's like, you want to buy a sundial? Yes, you know, like that. that. Also, I have no idea what the black market is. Like in my mind, you just like creepy dudes down uh, down alleys with like... Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, so I know that there's this thing called the dark web. No idea how to access it. Also, that's it. like the silliest name. Can we... That's the silliest name. Like the dark web. Well, I mean, you It's know, silly. Fear mongering. But like... Yeah, I mean, flyer, sure. Why, like, why the hell not? And then as his neighbor, it's like, yeah, okay, this guy's clearly Anyways, trying to reach out to the dark But the black point market. that I was trying to get to is if you heard this, if you heard this person having this, these conversations with someone else about like, hey, I got this mummy. I'm trying to sell it. You would just be like, I'm sorry. I must have heard you wrong. There's no way you just said what you said. So I'm going to go ahead about my business and mind it and walk away. You, you have money? Mummy. Money? Mummy. A mommy? Mummy. You're trying to sell your mother? No, a mummy. <laughs> like, there's no way I would. That would take, like, if I was the neighbor, 
it would have taken 10 times for me to hear him perfectly clearly to the point and where reading the flyer. I'm finally like, all right, it's time. So anyways, he's trying to sell a mummy on the black market. And this is probably my favorite part for a mil- $11 million. So specific. Where is like, where do you go for any kind of reference of how much can I sell my mummy for? Yeah, he's like, well, you know, last week on Amazon, they had a deal. So that kind of brings the market down. But they were selling them for nine mil. I bet I could do it for 11. Yeah. I'm not no eBay mummy kind of guy. Yeah. So that's what this guy was doing. So the cops showed up, obviously, and started talking to him. He reported that there was a another man who was Iranian. These are important. This part. And he said he, quote unquote, found the mummy after an earthquake. <laughs> what does that mean? Like it came up out of the ground after an earthquake and it was just laying there and you just found it? By the way, it's in a box. This is not just like a mummy on its own. She's in a box. Like, I hope you mean like a sarcophagus. Yes. Or? They just called uh, it a wooden box a lot. Probably because it was just a ghetto coffin. No, they did call it a sarcophagus also. But then they continue to talk about it. Anyways, my point is, you believe that an earthquake happened and yet it did not break. It just ejected this box. And it did not break the, the sarcophagus or affect the mummy at all. She just rose from the ground and you literally said, finders keepers, and took her away. That is literally what he wants you to believe, yeah. <laughs> I mean, by everything, every flyer I've ever read, that's what he wants you to believe. So anyways, by the way they made it seem, the Iranian man contacted the other man because that guy is like a proficient black market seller. Unlike the guy with the flyers. Unlike. No, this is the guy with the flyers. Oh, oh. So in his, in this other dude's mind, this other guy's like Flyer guy is a pro. Yeah. He's pro. He's like... He is the oh, master wow. of the black market. And so he basically goes to him and says, look, I want you to sell this. And if you do, we can split the profits. Ah. Good. So many good choices were made here. So they... Oh, they also said when the earthquake happened, it was found on the border of Iran and Afghanistan. They finally got... What? Nothing. <laughs> this is such a... This story's insane. They're so dumb. This is insanity. So they got the the, the flyer guy to lead them. The, the Sorry, the police got the flyer guy to lead them to the mummy, which was being stored in a basement. And they took it to the National Museum in... I'm gonna. There's enough. There's words in here. I'm gonna say wrong. There. You can ask RJ. There is nothing I'm worse at than pronouncing words, even words I should know. Presumably. Oh man, I can't even say it. Don't. No. National Museum in Karachi. That's not that hard. Yeah, Karachi. Yeah, but I'm always worried about it. So after they investigated, all the people in the museum investigated the mummy for a while. They announced. That they had found a mummy wrapped in an Egyptian style that had been recovered in a wooden sarcophagus with cuneiform inscriptions, which um, it was written in the language of ancient Persia. And it had carvings of Ahura Mazda, mm-hmm. <laughs> like Mazda, which is a... Here we go. Zoroastrian? No. Zoroastrian deity. I'm so sorry to anyone I just offended. We do have a listener in Iraq. Well, we did. Yeah, did. Anyways, 
So the mummy also had a golden crown, a mask, and a breastplate. And the breastplate read, I am the daughter of the great king Xerxes. 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 I knew I was going to say it wrong. I seriously asked RJ five times to say it to me, and I still said it wrong. I'm going to... Xerxes. Yeah. So basically, they found a mummy in Egyptian wrappings with in a wooden sarcophagus with cuneiform inscriptions. There was a golden crown, a mask, and a breastplate. On the breastplate said, I am the daughter of Xerxes, basically. That's it. So this was a huge deal at the time because if this was her, there has literally never been uh, a family member found of his family. None of the mummies have ever been found. So that was a big deal. So people lost it. Like people were going crazy. So another another thing was not only was it a big deal because of that, it was also a big deal because mummies are rarely, if not, I think, never found in Iran. That's not a normal occurrence. So uh, this actually caused a really big debate and issues between Iran and Pakistan over which country could claim the mummy because obviously this mummy became... And he had to have said it was found on the border for exactly this reason, right? I'm going to go ahead and assume, right? Like, like why else would... In a freaking earthquake, it just, like, the border split and it shit out this sarcophagus? <laughs> like, I don't understand. I mean, other than the... Except for the fact that this could be true, RJ. That Skeptical. This, this mummy could have risen for him. Like, he was called to this. Out the butthole of the earth. Right out of it. Just shot straight up in perfect condition. Yes. In so, a place where you don't find mummies. They continue to... For, with a price tag on it for $11 million. Yes. They continued to investigate the body. And over time, experts started seeing that there were things that didn't line up. <gasps> Shocker. Shock. What? What? <laughs> Who knew? So there were experts in ancient Persian script that examined the things written on the body and determined that whoever wrote this wasn't familiar with Iranian script, which obviously if this was a real ancient mummy, the person inscripting it would be very familiar. Yeah, I, I don't That's remember. what they would write and speak in. Other so. than in the cruel experience of college where they made me attempt to pretend to learn Spanish, I don't remember the last time I picked up a pen and was like, you know what, let me let me try writing this in a language I don't know. I got this. Yeah. I can just, I can figure this it's out. It's a dead body. I got one shot. I'm good. So then there was also a CT scan done, which I feel like this should have been done pronto, maybe before they announced what they had found. I don't know. Just thoughts of Rachel. Nobody cares what I have to say. So a CT was, was done and it revealed that the mummy was actually a woman who was four foot seven and just a little older than 21 when she died. Which I then tried to look up any kind of information on the daughter of Xerxes. And I found literally none. So I don't know why they felt like saying that made it. Oh, that rules her out immediately. Right, yeah. Like I tried to say like, oh, so did she die before she was 21? Said nothing. She, she was six foot eight and died, <laughs> died at 103. Yeah, I have no idea. They're like, we actually don't know. This just looks fishy as shit. Also, so there was the sarcophagus and then there was like a blanket inside of it that they had put under the mummy. And the sarcophagus, with with the wear and tear of the box, lined up with the right time period. 
but the blanket did not. Which is impressive as hell. Right. Where did they find this? Right. Where did you cut? Black market. Well, I guess that, The black yeah, market. He knows. The flyer market. It was flyers about an old ass sarcophagus. Yeah, and they were like, oh, we're one body away from $11 this million. This must have dollars. been where this whole thing came from. Anywho. So when they did the CT scan, they also saw that all of her organs had been removed and her abdominal cavity had been with a, filled with a powdery substance that they found later to be bicarbonate of soda and sodium chloride, which are modern-day drying agents, not things they used back in mummy times. So they also found that the cause of death was a broken neck caused by blunt force trauma. So the result Again, something that rules out it being... It, I don't know. They just tell me. Right. Like, they it's just like, said it, and I'm like, so how did she die? So she was 6'8". That girl, I'm not allowed to say her name again because I'll butcher Died at 103 it. and clearly not from <laughs> blunt force trauma. I have no idea. It was just information they put. I'm going to assume she died of, like, old age, maybe? So they wouldn't have said her neck was broken? I don't know. So they carbon dated her bones and tissues, and it revealed that the woman must have died in 1996. Again. <gasps> what? No. You're not doing it. Hmm? You're supposed to have fake shock noises. <gasps> it's because it'll hurt my lungs. <laughs> so after all this happened, they were obviously convinced this was a fake. This is not real. But there were two ideas of what happened in the first place. The first one was that these two guys, the ones who were trying to sell the body, basically went to a grave, dug up a girl, removed her internal organs, filled her body with the drying agent, and covered the body with chemicals over the course of many, many months. They did all this to forge who the body was and make money. And it must have been an extremely intricate process. Like, not only does it take a long time, but it's a lot of work to do all these things. I mean, to be fair, $11 million is worth a lot of work, I guess. Mm -hmm. If you think it'll actually work out. Just I the, would do so many weird the things. The cojones on these guys... Just to believe that they're going to do this and no one in a museum or in any setting like that is going to look at it and be like, that's not real. Just like, you know, when you are in, are in school and you don't do your project until the night before and you put it together and you're just like, I got this shit. And you show up and you're confident as hell and you don't get a good grade because you didn't have this shit because you just winged it and you did a terrible job. I feel like that's these guys. Yeah, but okay. I don't know though. At the same time, like they got... World press releases. They had a legit ass sar sarcophagus. Like, I mean, they they did some good. I mean, it's like, but like you said, like how they just decided, like I can write an ancient Persian script. I mean, they did I'm good enough. It. They did better than I would. The fact that that the authorities and the people of these museums even held onto this ruse for a minute enough to announce it to me. It's almost enough to make me go grab a corpse and try but this. Can you imagine those guys when that happened when they announced it? And they're just like, yes, we hell did it. yes, our flyers. We did it. The We're sarcophagus, the chemicals, but the best part is the even, digging. The best part is even if the museum believed them, even if they said, this is what this is, and they went with it, they still wouldn't get $11 million. <laughs> like, no. They would get no money. The going rate for a mummy on Amazon is like 2000 bucks. But no, but what I'm saying is the museum would just say, thank you for this fine. This is ours now. No, no, no. They do. They pay, they pay people for stuff like that. Not $11 million. Yeah, they do. Not museums, but like... Scientific community does, yeah. Yeah, but it would go straight to the museum is what I'm saying. Like, the museum already had it. And so if the museum said, this is what this is, they would have kept it and said... No, they pay the discoverers. Go screw yourselves. Yeah, I'm really going to go gonna ahead. get rid of all this. No, because I'm going to go ahead and say it's not a million dollars. 11 million. 
That's what I mean. It's not $11 million. Who knows? It's like $1,000. Thanks a lot, guys, for the awesome find that we now have and you have no There was an over. ice mummy and these people didn't get any of the credit for it. They sued for two hundred grand and got it. So I think if this guy is actively selling the mummy... Still not $11 million. I, look, man, it's a lot of money. I'm just saying the point is, even if it was proven, they would not get the money they thought they were going to get. That's my point. Anyways, so the other idea is that they're even more atrocious, awful people than they were before, and they straight up murdered a girl to then mummify her, take out all her organs, put a bunch of nasty stuff inside of her, and wrap her up and put her in an old box. Like, they got the box from the black market from these cool flyers they found, and straight said, we need this, how are we going to do it? We could go dig, a gr- dig, dig out a body out of a grave, but that's gross, and it takes a long time. Or we could just snap a girl's neck and do it the easy way. Well, I know we've this has been this has been fun and all, but jokes aside, that's probably what I mean. You would think would happen because if you're trying to do this ruse start to finish, like why would you leave it up to chance what type of body you dug up from right. the ground? You know, like and especially like they use a drying agent. They were using chemicals. They were literally mummifying a body. I just don't see them taking a body that's already yeah. Well, and also, like, I don't know, again, maybe these guys are more pro than I'm giving them credit for, but if I was out there and I had decided I was going to go along with all this stuff, there's no way I could look at a grave, see the day the person died, and be like, they're still in good enough shape. Right, right, I would have no idea what a body... And, like, that's not a little bit of work. Digging six feet into the ground, a whole, like, casket size, that's a lot of work. And imagine you get down there and they're, like, half decomposed. And then you got to start all over again. Right. That, and that's what I'm saying is like, especially for $11 million, like you, you're guaranteeing the product at that point. Yeah, right. They're making sure. Well, and also I'm sure they wanted her to look a certain way. And like, Also, 4.7 is like really short. So that really sounds small. targeting. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's true. But anyways, the reason that this is an idea is obviously what we just talked about. But also the examiners weren't really able to determine if the broken neck was on purpose or not which in my mind like a broken neck because of blunt force trauma i don't know maybe i watched too much bones in my life but that sounds can only be done by a girl running for cookies oh my gosh (laughs) check out episode three if you don't know what we're talking about it was either cookies or these guys straight up blunt force traumat her Right? Like, to me, that just sounds... That sounds bad. So they did open a murder investigation and reinterrogated both of the men, but they never came up with anything, and it got closed. And this poor girl went from, like, you're a princess, we're going to investigate you like crazy in a museum, to, like, back to a morgue and buried as no one, because no one ever found out who she was. What a horrible way to go out. I know, right? Like, you're already... Like, way to add insult to injury. Not only are you dead... Now you've been... Written on, stuck in a sarcophagus, chemicaled by people who use flyers to get in touch with the black market. Lame. And then dumped back in a hole. Yeah, it's not a good time for her. But it's just, the like, the I love hearing about stuff like this because there's obviously the idea of, like, how did they do it? But just, like, this feels super Ocean's Eleven to me, but worse because nobody's as good as Danny Ocean, right? These guys, they had big dreams. They dreamed big. And they fell hard. According to what I read, nothing ever really came of it. Like, they didn't, because they couldn't. No, they didn't fall as hard as they could have. That's true. They never could prove that they were even the ones that do it. Like, to this day, the only proof that they have is that the dudes found it. So, because of that, they never went to jail. They never got in trouble. 
I'm sure black market guy got a pat, got a slap on the wrist for being in, for trying to sell things on the black market and for like not coming to the authorities. But other than that, they they didn't have any kind of repercussion for what they did. So even though they didn't get anything good out of it, they definitely didn't get anything bad. That's a lot of work just for your life to go back to the way it was. Which I think is a bad guy, right? It's like, I mean, if I didn't end up in jail, like I'm fine with the way it turned out. Yeah, but can you imagine months and months of work and also like disgusting work where you took organs out of a person and stuff and you're like, wow, I'm back at the exact same point I was in my life. Wouldn't you just be so like, let's, okay, so let's say it's two dudes with two different jobs. One was like, all right, you go find a girl, kill her and mummify her. And the other one's like, okay, you go learn cuneiform. And he's the one and that the screwed wrapping it up. of Egyptian. Yeah, yeah right. And the other guy's like, like no, 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 I did no, no, my I job. It. I got I it. I broke a neck. I read a cracked article. I got this. It's easy. Yeah, it was. I don't. It's just interesting to me to see the things people will do for money and the lengths they're willing to go to and just the balls they have to just be like, I'm a pro. This is, I got this. But yeah, so that is the story of the modern day mummy. Nice. Okay, guys. So that's been another episode of Skeptical Skeptics. Please uh, reach out to us, follow us, like us, do whatever you can to help us out. Really appreciate you. Appreciate your support. Thank you. La, 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 la.